What a great and mighty God. Thank God for his amazing, amazing promises. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so, how is everybody tonight? Good? It's a good day to be alive because of the promises of God. Without the promises, I mean, anybody ever remember the old show called Hee Haw? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Yeah, gloom, despair, and agony on me. I tell you what, it's gloom, despair, and agony out there without the promises. We're out there. We're all out there. But when you got the promises of God, there's a world that you're protected in. It's a world that you frame with the words of your mouth. Man, where would we be without the promises of God? Mm. What an amazing God. <clears throat> Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm glad that we're here. Um, you realize we don't have children's ministry back in full force yet, uh, but we will shortly. We are going to meet this Sunday for the first Sunday in a while. Amen? Come on, give God praise. <clears throat> this Sunday we're back. And... Children's ministry won't be this Sunday, but it's going to be quickly. You know, it'll, it'll be after this. But uh, we're just making sure that everything is good, everything's right. Uh, we've got some work that's been done, new additions and some of the children's stuff that we've got going on. But we just want to make sure that everybody's good, everybody's safe. You know, we're protected by the blood of Jesus, but <clears throat> life isn't just about you, Right? And so when you gather together, what you do at your house is one thing, but when you gather here, when we gather here, there's lots of people involved. Amen? So we're flowing with our government. The Bible says to obey the civil authority, and that those are the laws of the land. And so we're, we're operating in their guidelines and taking it a little slower maybe than some, but uh, we, we're, we won't, will not be disappointed as a result of what we're doing. We're being led by the Spirit, and, and so... We are meeting, and we'll be here this Sunday, and, and children's ministry will follow. And, and I'm just excited about um, this coming Sunday. Um, on, uh, do we have that on our screen? Can you put up that, what we want to send out? So <clears throat> this Sunday, the title of our message this Sunday is, He's Alive. And uh, you might say, yeah, yeah, he's alive. But I'm telling you, he's alive, and everything else out there that appears to be bigger than him is not, because he's alive. And what we're believing, what we're, what we're seeing for this coming Sunday is this is our Reset Sunday. We started the year, <clears throat> we started the year with Word First Conference, with great vision for Gates of the City. We begin to step into that, and then all of a sudden, things kind of came to a halt in the natural. It didn't, didn't come to a halt with us. I mean, we just have carried on and moved forward. But gathering together and being here, and we're resetting, and we're restarting. And um, 
And, and I, I just, you know, I'm excited about the rest of this summer and this coming fall and everything that God has for us. How many, how many were signed up for missions trips this year? Yeah, several of you that are here tonight. Um, we're signed up for missions trips. We're going to, you know, that, that, that's coming back. Um, how many were signed up this year for connect groups? A lot of the connect groups started, they kind of stopped, we didn't get to fulfill everything with that. Well, that's going to start back up in the fall. A lot of new things that we have and that we're excited about, and it's a restart. And so this coming Sunday, our focus is the fact that he's alive. And if he's alive, we can do anything. Amen? Amen? I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. And that, that's where our focus is, and that's what we're here to see accomplished and that's why we bring the word, and that's why we come together. And I'm telling you, I believe that more today than I ever have in my whole life. Can you say amen? amen. So, <clears throat> the, the, this, when uh, you'll, you'll get, if you're part of a team of any kind in the church, you'll get that. Uh, if you're not, we'll make sure to get it to you. But if you'll take that as kind of an invitation card to invite people to come this coming Sunday. Will you do that? When you get that, email it to people, text it to people, wherever, uh, and, and all of the department heads, you'll send those out to everybody on your team and make sure that they get those so that they're kind of like a little card. We had these really nice cards made up for, um, for Easter, <laughs> and, and they came in about two weeks before Easter, and, you know, we didn't have an Easter service here, and so we thought about taking those cards and, like, marking through them and putting another date, and, uh, then, yeah, so we're going to do this, okay? So when you get these, make sure to send them to people and invite them to come. How many believe we're going to have a great service Sunday, amen? How many believe we're here having a good service tonight? Why? Because what we do is centered around the Word. It's around the Word. It's about the Word of God. And that's what we're bringing tonight is the revelation of God's Word. Father, I thank you for the anointing on the house. I thank you for the anointing on the Word tonight. Every person that is here has ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that will understand the things that are talked about tonight. Lord, your Word, when it's preached and when it's received and when it's meditated on and when people become doers of that Word, signs follow those who believe and do the Word. And Father, I believe that for every person in the house tonight, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. So, tonight, the title of my message is True Authority. What real authority is and what it looks like. <clears throat> Something that it's vital that you understand and that you live and operate in. And you know, in, in our society, there's all types of authority. You know, there's civil authority, as I mentioned earlier. Um, there's parental authority that is vital and important for people to, to learn to live under and appreciate. Um, there's authority in the business world. There's authority in the church world. There's authority everywhere. I mean, <clears throat> you know, when you go to HEV and they have a sign outside that says... Um, Please return your cart to this corral, whatever it says. And you see that sign, and you don't return your cart there. You just kind of let it roll up against somebody else's car. Um, there's a reason why they're asking you to do that, right? And 
when you don't do that, and I didn't do that for years and years. Eh, I don't have time for that. You know, let somebody who works here do that. I didn't have time to roll it, you know, maybe 30, 40 feet over to somewhere else. I was too busy in, in, in a rush. But there's something about obeying something like that and doing what it said. There's something about that. But you have to, you have to get that. And, and that's, a, that's a very simple little thing. But you have to get that in your heart, the importance of obeying authority, even the authority of a sign. I mean, you, you have to learn to appreciate that because God tells us to and tells us how vital it is. But you know what I like about, about the word talking about authority? I like the benefits. You ever read about if you're a child and you obey your parents, what will happen to you? I mean, I mean some good stuff. Huh? He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is good. It's right. It's the first commandment with a promise. That all will be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. Your life will be well and you'll live long on the earth if you obey your parents. I mean, that's a great promise with a great reward attached to it. Is there any promise in the Word of God that is so bad and ugly and is going to harm you? Not one. It's just that some of the promises are tough on our flesh at certain times in our life. But I don't know about you. I'm learning to get past all that. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want the reward to doing what God has told me to do. And I want to see. I want to go past what my natural mind is trying to tell me about it. And I want to see why it's so important to God. If it's important to God, then I want to understand it. So tonight, we're just going to look at authority, what true authority is. <clears throat> Actually, Jesus came here to show us how to live in authority. I'm going to say it again. Jesus came to the earth to show us how to live in authority, how to operate in authority. And, 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 and so tonight, I'm, I'm going to read a number of different scriptures and just kind of lead you into understanding what Jesus' purpose was here concerning authority. And it started with his disciples in Luke 9 and verse 1. It says, then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So he gave them authority over demon spirits and to cure diseases. I mean, whose authority was it that he gave them? It was his authority through and from the Father, right? So from the Father given to Jesus, and Jesus gave it to his disciples. The authority to, to deal with demons, demon spirits, and to cure diseases. He gave that authority to his disciples. In um, the next chapter, Luke 10, it says this, Verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. So there was 12, and then there was 70. 
And he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And then you skip down to verse 17, and it said, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So he gave authority to twelve, and he gave authority to seventy. So that's eighty-two. So at least there's eighty-two to this point that had the same authority that had been given to him at the beginning of his earthly ministry. When he was baptized in the river Jordan, he received from the Father the presence of the Holy Spirit, and now it's the Holy Spirit in Jesus that made the difference. It's the Holy Spirit in us that makes the difference as we embrace and receive the authority that's been given to us. So I want you to see something about this. They came away with joy saying, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then he said to them, I saw Satan like fall like lightning from heaven. So tell me, tell me something about lightning. <clears throat> okay? How many like lightning? How many like lightning? Okay? Got three. Okay, so the rest of you, would you say you don't like lightning? How many of you, when you were kids, and it was lightning, you know, lightning goes with thunder, right? So it's snap, crackle, pop, right? How, how many, when you were kids, and it was lightning outside and thundering, you were afraid? How many? Raise your hands real high. You were afraid. You can remember being afraid of lightning. Lift your hands up and... Okay, the honest ones. Okay. <clears throat> so a number of you were afraid of lightning. Well, I, I can't think of anything other than, you know, if you're a distance away and you're watching the lightning and all the, you know, it's kind of pretty in, in a certain way. But it's really destructive. But it's light. But it's destructive. It's light. But it's destructive. And this is what Jesus said. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he's a form of light, but he's actually deception personified. And it's kind of like what lightning is. You know, when you wake up in the morning, how many thought today was a really nice day? Man, I walked outside this morning. About 7 o'clock, wind was blowing. Woo, man, and it was cool. It wasn't 96 with that heat hitting your face. It was cool this morning, right? And, and what, was, what was shining? The real light. But he said, I saw Satan like lightning falling from heaven, appearing to be light, but actually he's deception. Appearing to be some kind of an authority, but he's no authority because only real authority comes from God. Then Jesus said this. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions 
and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we saw the 12, we saw the 70, we saw them being given authority, and he's saying to them, there's a false authority out there that appears to be light that's not really light, but then there's the real light, and it's the real authority that I'm giving you. And he said, this authority gives you dominion and power over every demonic spirit that is out there. There's, in, in my 40-some-odd years of salvation, I've seen predominantly two groups of people where evil spirits are concerned. The first group are people that don't believe they're evil spirits. There's scripture in the Bible that there was actually a group of people in Jesus' day that didn't believe in evil spirits either, and they were the Sadducees. They didn't believe in evil spirits, that there were evil spirits. But the other group of people are people that think that there's a devil under every rock. I mean, just, you know, you get around them, and they talk devil all the time, and everything is an evil spirit to the point that those devils and evil spirits ha are, are almost bigger and stronger than God. And that's that lightning bolt that tries to make people think that there's light in this spiritual woo-woo, goo-goo world of, of, you know, like the twilight zone, that there's some power that's out there. And actually, whatever the devil is or whatever he's ever been, the Son of God was manifested to destroy all the works of the devil, not just some of them. So everything that appears to be anything that's not of God is like a lightning bolt. It's false. It has a form of light, but it's really deception. And it's not real authority. Because I'm just telling you this. <clears throat> he said, he's given me all authority. And if I'll embrace that and I'll believe this and I'll, I'll trust in this and I'll allow it to become a part of my life, nothing in life will hurt me or harm me. Now, I don't know about you. That's a reward. That's a promise. I mean, that, that there's a benefit to embracing the authority that comes from God that nothing will hurt me or harm me. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Is that doable? Can that be done? Can that actually be done? If he said it can, then it can. Nothing shall hurt me or harm me. But listen, it's not just confessing and believing that nothing's going to hurt me or harm me. It's embracing the authority that God has given me and me operating in that authority. That's, the, that's, the, that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of this message tonight. Is what that, what that authority looks like. And, and Jesus walked around for three, a little over three years in his earthly ministry. And that's what he did. Everywhere he went, he exercised authority over demon spirits. And <clears throat> you know what's interesting in, in, in my time, I'll just say this, in my time over the last, uh, let's see, 30, 35 years, I guess, probably, that I've been in and out of Mexico, 
When I've been down in Mexico and ministering down there, I've seen a lot of demonstration and manifestation, not just some, a lot of demon spirits manifesting through people's lives. We see it all through Scripture. It manifested everywhere Jesus went. There was like another demon coming out of somebody in some form or another. Something manifested. And when I've been, when I've been in Mexico, for some reason, that's where I've seen a lot of manifestation. Now, this is just my opinion, but here in the States, something about, I don't know, they're sophisticated demons or something, you know, or whatever, but they act like, they act like you know, they're going to hide themselves and, and, and they're going to work on people and, and, and yet people get so entrapped in their soul, in their mind, and their thinking. And the things that you can see a human being do today to another human being is, is staggering. What you can see, I'm just talking about in this country, what you can see one human being do to another human being is sometimes staggering. But I'm telling you, it's a result of demons. You know why? Because the Bible says flesh and blood are not our problem. People are not your problem. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what this guy did or this girl did or this person did or this group of people did. What about this thing and that thing and this thing? Yeah, but, but, but the Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. They're not the problem. What's the problem? The demon spirits behind what the people do. The demon spirits that control people's soul, their minds. Convincing them of things that go contrary to the word. Why? Because of the way we were raised. Myself, you, there's not a person in here that hasn't dealt with something in their soul that is influenced by demonic spirits. Now, you can say, well, that's your opinion. No, that's the word. And I can take you from Genesis to Revelation and show you and we're going to look at a few more verses here of, of where demon spirits manifested and the way that they manifested. Just because you don't see somebody falling on the ground and foaming at the mouth doesn't mean that within their soul they're not controlled by demon spirits and thoughts in their soul. A person can be born again. They're not sharing their born again spirit with the devil in any way if you're truly born again. But in your soul, in your mind, you can entertain many thoughts and and and. Demon spirits will control your thought life if you don't renew your mind with the truth and give those thoughts no place. I'm telling you, they'll rule. And as a result of that, it defeats people in every area of life. When the truth is, we've been given authority by Jesus Christ to tread upon every demonic spirit that there is on planet earth and nothing would be, by any means hurt or harm us. That's a promise. If he said it, then it's doable. Well, Pastor, but I've been, I've been damaged and hurt. And, okay, all right. I'm talking about today. If you didn't want to know how not to be hurt or harmed, you shouldn't have come tonight. Right? <laughs> if you want to stay bruised and beat up and battered, you shouldn't have come. 
Because bruised and beat up and battered is not part of the kingdom. But the kingdom is a part of helping bruised and beat up and battered people get free and where the enemy is not beating them up from every level and from every direction and wearing them out and and taking them to a place where they feel like in life there's no hope. I'm just telling you tonight, the kingdom of God is to liberate you and I. I know. I was one of them. I was one of them. Full of fear, full of pride, full of anger, just because of where I came from. Right? <clears throat> I made this statement sometime. I don't know if it was on, if I saw myself on <laughs> social media and I heard myself say it or what it was. I, maybe it was just lately. <clears throat> But I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to move on. I started saying one thing, and I'm not going to say that. I'm going to get back to the Scripture. So this authority that we're talking about here, he said that he would give us that authority over serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us or harm us. Verse 20 says this, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, or 19, uh, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. When you're born again, your name is written in heaven. Through the blood of Jesus, heaven is your destiny. And the fact that that is you, you have authority over the demons, but that's not what we focus on. We focus on the fact that we've been saved by the blood of Jesus, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and no demon force on planet earth can withstand the anointing of God on the inside of us. That's the authority that you and I have been given. And that's what we have to embrace. And when you embrace that, then nothing will hurt you or harm you. When you learn to say, I'm embracing that. Can you say amen to that? So, so I want to read this passage. This is the first 13 verses of Luke chapter 4. And this is right at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. And I want you to notice something. Because I want to focus on a word that I'll give you several synonyms to this word. But I want to focus on this word in a moment. And, and, it's, and the first time that you'll hear it right now will be in this passage. Luke 4 and 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Everybody say Tempted. He was tempted 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when he had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. And the devil said to him, all these, all of this 
authority I will give you. All of this authority, he said, I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. I looked at that phrase in my, in my Greek lexicon Bible. I looked at that phrase. And literally, what that was saying, what he's saying right there, is he's telling the devil to shut up. That's what it says. He's telling the devil, no, shut up. You don't even know what you're saying. I already have all that. You're a liar and a cheat trying to convince me that that you have something that I need. I'm telling you tonight, he's got nothing that you need. Because everything he's got that he dangles produces destruction. Everything. But he said, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God uh, wait, 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 wait. Therefore, wait a minute. Where am I? There it is. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, you shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in in, and and in, in their hands they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Isn't it amazing how, how the devil, that false light, can quote scripture? Hmm? Now, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Everybody say tempted. Okay? What was he tempted with? There's only one thing that can tempt you. Only one thing. It's thoughts. And if you're tempted to do something that you know is not right, does that make you bad because you're tempted? Did it make him bad? The deal with Jesus was, he was tempted over and over and over again, and for his, especially for his whole earthly ministry, he was tempted. But he never yielded to the temptations. That was the difference. I'm going to say it again. He never yielded to the temptations that were there. Yeah, but you know, he's Jesus. Mm-mm. No, and I, I'll tell you this. You won't hear this every place, but you you have to get a hold of this. When Jesus was in his, when he was in a flesh and blood body, and he was on this earth, and he received the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit empowered him as the Son of Man, not as the Son of God. And you have to get that. If you don't get that, see, in other words, he didn't come to the earth to become something that he already was. 
He left the riches of the earth to come to the poverty, the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of this earth to become something just like you and I, so that you and I could relate to who he was and, and he would walk through and deal with the temptations that we faced, yet not giving in to those temptations, not yielding to them, so that he could empower us to be able to submit to him and take his authority and apply it in the earth so we could accomplish the same things that he did. Is that doable or is it not? I mean, I would not be here today standing behind this pulpit if it wasn't doable. I'd probably be playing golf. I'd probably be on a golf course. I'd probably be a golf pro at a country club somewhere or somewhere, something. Because I'm not here to play games. I, I want this authority stuff to be real. Is it a sin? Because you have a bad thought and you're tempted to do something? Absolutely not. It's what we do with it. It's just what we do with it. I mean, we're, we're human beings, so, you know, you get tempted all the time and, we, well, we just give in to it. We don't have to. But you will never learn how to not give in to temptations if the Word of God doesn't reveal to you this authority that He's given you. This isn't something we're trying to get a hold of. If you're born again, you got it. You just have to exercise it. You have to develop it. You have to apply it when you have crazy thoughts or something comes to your mind. You have to replace that thought with a thought from God. I, I've heard a bunch of stories like this, and I was, I was uh, this is a number of years back. <laughs> and I was at, I was at, I think I was at Walmart. <laughs> no, I think it was at HEB. And uh, I, because I, I don't usually go in HEB much anymore, but, but back in the day when I did, I, I, I was going into the HEB, and I, and I pulled up to the line, I mean, I mean, I was in the store, it was in my basket, and I was pulling up, trying to get in this line, and this lady just, she just cut, cut me off, cut, hit my basket and cut me off. And, and I was standing there, I just, I can remember thinking, man, I'm just going to ram it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take her basket out. I mean, I just kept thinking that. Who do you think you are? ram in my basket like that. I, I was there. I was turning in. Another, another day, I was, it was after a Sunday morning service. I'd preached and I, I, why, I was going to San Antonio for some reason. Remember when I got in that Bill Miller's barbecue line? I got pulled into Bill Miller's right there at, at uh, somewhere <laughs> off of I-10. And, and, and I'm pulling around and and I, I get real close to the little speaker, and and a guy. How, how did he do? What, what happened? I can't remember. Anyway, something. And and here we are. And 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 I, I'm trying to make up my mind what I'm going to do. And I mean, this guy's yelling. He's screaming. No, it was a woman. 
She's yelling at the top of her lungs. I mean, using every word you can think of to, to describe what I've just done to her. I, I mean, I was there next in line, and she came from a different direction. And I mean, just letting me have it. And I mean, you know, I mean, I thought, well, I don't have a pistol, but, you know, I mean, I, I mean, th that was kind of my first thought. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, it's, she's just going off on me for this line at Bill Miller. You're going to have thoughts. You're going to have all kinds of crazy thoughts. But you don't have to yield to those thoughts. That's the authority we've been given. We've been given authority to not yield to things that in the natural everybody else says you have to do. What's the thing that you can do in those different types of situations that doesn't make you weak, but it empowers you? What can you do in the, in the grocery store situation? Just back off? Speak something good over the woman's life? And, and no telling what else. You know, what I've realized is, I give you about a, another probably dozen stories kind of similar, but like a guy that cut me off getting gas. And, uh, and I, I went in another line and, and, and filled it up, and I felt like God was saying, buy his gas. What? <laughs> buy his gas. And I bought the guy's gas. He did something to me, but I chose to do something good to him. I mean, you know, you know. see, we don't have to give in to those things, but the more you give in to them, the worse it gets. And then you know what? You don't have authority in the earth. The only way to overcome those thoughts that come is to embrace the authority that God has given you, and it starts with you in being able to take every thought captive and apply the word in that given situation. And then your actions have to follow suit. I mean, think of the times that you haven't done that. I mean, I don't even want to talk about all the times I didn't. Hmm? I mean, I never rammed somebody's gar cart at HEB. But, man, I, I mean, I, I, I tore one lady up one time years ago. I tore her up at Walmart um, because she wouldn't let me pull a bike down when one of my girls was real little. She wouldn't let me pull a bike down off the top of this thing and put it on the ground so just to see if it fit her. No, we can't put those tires on the floor. I mean, I'm watching these kids drive, and there's kids riding bikes all over there, and she's not letting me do it. I mean, I mean, it's an injustice. And, man, I let her have it. And here's all my girls and my wife and my mother. I get to the front of the store, and then I got to go find the lady and repent to her, you know. I don't like doing that. Let's stop it now. We don't have to give in to the thoughts. Are you hearing? We don't have to do that. Jesus didn't, and the fact that he didn't, and then he went to the cross, and he finalized it for us. He's empowered us to walk in that authority every minute of every day in everything that we face. There's no excuse. I don't have to give in, and I get all the benefits and all the rewards that nothing shall happen or hurt me or harm me in any way, shape, or form. 
I'm telling you, most of the harm that you and I get in our life is self-inflicted by our actions in not embracing the authority that God has given us. I'll say it again. Most of the harm is self-inflicted. When he's given you authority, and if you take the authority serious and you do what, you, what he says to do, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a life of quietness and peace and tranquility and, and, and godliness and holiness that you can live in your life and all hell be breaking loose around you. And isn't that a good thing for you, but isn't that good for other people to be able to see that how is it that you can live in peace and quietness? How is it that you can live like this? Only God. And it's not just only God, but it's the authority that God gave me. And I've embraced it. I'm taking it. I'm operating in it. I'm living in that. And I'm exercising it every day of my life. And the only place that it really works in your life is for you to exercise it in the thought life and the temptations and the things that come against you. It's vital that you see that and that you understand it so that you can apply it every day. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so I'm going to read two, two more passages and I'm done. <clears throat> James 4, 7 says this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil. Now, it's not the exact same word, but the definition is the same as the statement where he said, get behind me, Satan, shut up. Therefore, submit to God, submit to his authority, to submit to the things that I'm talking to you about tonight. Tell the devil to shut up and stop in his maneuvers and he'll flee from you. But only in the authority of God. Not yourself, not your own ability, not what you think you can do. Not if you yell and scream and spit hard enough or loud enough. But in embracing the authority that God has given us to operate in. He said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That word resist, that word rebuke, is also defined as to stand against and to have authority over. When you're resisting, when you're rebuking, when you're telling, when you're telling the enemy to shut up, you're standing against it and you know that you have authority over it. And that's the key to your or my success, is that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we have authority over it. I want to read this last passage to you in Luke chapter 4, just a little bit farther down. And all of this is talking about authority, and I want to read this part of that that's talking about authority here. He says in verse 31 of Luke 4, Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with what? Authority. His word was with authority. They were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. 
What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus did what? Rebuked him, told him to shut up, saying, be quiet. Shut up and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, what a word this is. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. A little bit farther down in this passage, he did the same thing where sickness and disease were concerned. In another passage, in Luke chapter 8, he did the same thing where the wind was concerned. He rebuked the wind. Remember, things in the natural that appear to be the problem are never the problem. Demon spirits are the problem. And demon spirits are lodged in people's minds and thinking, convincing them that they cannot overcome in a certain area of their life. When Jesus rebuked that wind, I mean, it was a, it was, it was, you know, uh, tornado type winds that were beating against the ship, and he was asleep. And he got up and he rebuked the winds. Do you think something like that can be done? Not if you've not been training your spirit. That doesn't mean you go and rebuke every wind and every every storm that comes up. But if God's telling you to do something like that. We're to do it because what's behind destruction out there, the thief comes to kill and steal and to destroy. What's behind all the destruction in our land today and around the world and the planet are demon spirits. It's not the people. I'm going to tell you again, it's not the people. If you're going to believe the word of God, you have to believe this. You have to take what I've talked to you about tonight and you've got to study it out for yourself and you've got to believe this. He's given us authority to tread upon everything, everything, serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing would hurt us or harm us, but we have to be operating in that authority because we believe it, and if you don't believe it, you won't operate in it, and then you'll be hurt and harmed. I'm going to say it again. Most people's harm and hurt is self-induced because they're not believing in the authority that God has given. I mean, we see in these scriptures, these few scriptures that I've read to you today, we see in these scriptures right here, the rewards to everything that God has promised. And we can't deny that. Jesus said this. I said that was the last one, and I'll read this. Jesus said this. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these will you do because why? I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, if you ask me anything in my name, he said I'll do it. We don't have to tolerate and stay with being controlled by demon spirits.
And a lot of times, the enemy's tried to convince you of something that was not your own thoughts. They were not your thoughts. When I was going to ram that thought that came to me about ramming that woman at H-E-B, that wasn't my thought. Okay? So did I do it? No. Is God disappointed in me? Absolutely not. He's glad I didn't. Right? And it goes with anything else in life. Most of the thoughts that you have that are not of God, they're from him. They're from demon spirits, lying devils that try to tell you things that are not true. And we're here and we're on this earth to embrace what God has said and get rid of those in our life and be set free. Can you say amen tonight?